Hey everyone, it's your host Will from the Chapter by Chapter podcast, and I'm just reaching out to say to everybody, uh, happy holidays, uh, no matter where you are. It's been a tough year, so I hope everybody has some time to relax, kick back, and not do anything, because who wants to do stuff anymore? Uh, we're not releasing anything special today. This is just going to be a regular old uh, episode. I think today's episode is Chapter 15. Uh, but that is not to say that we aren't hard at work at some other stuff that we're going to try to see if they can be future potential pilot episodes for Patreon content. But you'll, you guys will see what we're doing later on. But nonetheless, sit back, relax, and listen to another episode of Steve and I literally driving each other crazy with sand. Thank you all for listening. Happy holidays and enjoy the show. Welcome to today's edition of the DuckTales podcast. Oh, wait. That's right. <laughs> Today we're going to find out just how much gold does Scrooge McDuck have. And the and answer. Just how strong is his backstroke? <laughs> Actually, I would I would be down to do uh, a DuckTales podcast. But no, we're doing Dune today. Chapter 15. Uh, this chapter is before we get into the chapter introduction man i just want to say like this is this is where for me the book really starts to pick up and this is a this is an action-packed uh bamboozler of an episode it's a bamboozler i was bamboozled (laughs) all right uh i believe today is your turn to read the chapter introduction steve so why don't you go ahead and take it away my father the paddish emperor took me by the hand one day, and I sensed in the ways my mother had taught me that he was disturbed. He led me down the hall of portraits to the ego-likeness of the Duke Leto, Atreides. I marked the strong resemblance between them, my father and this man in the portrait, both with thin, elegant faces and sharp features dominated by cold eyes. Princess daughter, my father said, I would that you'd been older when it came time for a man to choose a woman. My father was 71 at the time, and looking older than in the portrait. And I was but 14. Yet I remember deducing in that instance that my father secretly wished the Duke had been his son. And displaced and disliked the political necessities that made them enemies. From... In my father's house, by the Princess Irulan, which sounds like a fun sitcom set in the Dune. Yeah, in my father's house. Yeah, Bob Saget is the emperor. You know, Uh, who's the other guy in Full House? Uh, Uh, I don't know. I only know Bob Saget. Dave Coulier. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, a little bit on that, like I guess. it doesn't really show much of like the political climate per se, but it does show that there's kind of like this, this um, overarching respect for Leto from the emperor. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Um, yeah. That 
it's kind of undeniable to like I, my cat's trying to cat up the place it's uh, it's kind of undeniable that Leto is good at what he does and what Leto does is fucking lead and this is a great chapter to see how Leto leads uh in this in this whole series so this chapter opens up uh we're kicking off from the our last dad convo dad talk dad con uh, chapter that we have with the uh, dad con uh with uh Leto and Paul and now they're gonna go meet with Dr. Kynes to go on a little spice mining field trip. They're going to go take a look at what uh, spice mining looks like on their planet. And from the beginning of this chapter, we see it from Kynes' point of view, and immediately we get the sense that Kynes is not a big fan of the Atreides, but I think it's more more of a sense that like he doesn't trust anybody that's a, uh, a leader in Arrakis because he believes there are no... Th- there are no real true rulers of Arrakis because Arrakis rules itself. Yes. According to the crazy wilderness. Of and Arrakis, anyone that would know? come to Arrakis to rule it also is clearly has some sort of ultimatum here because. Yeah. Know, it's not an easy. Yeah. Task. And it's not totally, necessarily totally. ideal conditions. Kynes has this uh, loyalty to Arrakis, and I think Leto notices this in this chapter, uh, in this beginning part when they're talking to each other, that Leto notices that Kynes has quote-unquote gone native, which like has I think shows that Kynes has a dedication to this planet and making sure that this planet operates on the, on the highest possible levels for itself. And ha- like you said, having different factions and families try to take over Arrakis each and every one of those families are in for a rude awakening which uh they don't really expect when they first come in you you don't really know you think you you got it you know you think you got it you think it's just another planet with a bit of sand but it's another planet with a lot of sand this is a lot of sand uh and that's this whole beginning part of with kinds just kind of like watching uh leto and paul approach and their their little conversation and then it leads into a the what the thing that i've been waiting for i think we've talked about it a few times we, we definitely talked about it a few times because i'm me and i just want to skip over and talk about all the cool shit that i know about dune but we get some information on the still suit oh yeah maybe. we get some <clears throat> still suit breakdowns we learn about uh the fremen still suits the Fremen still suits. And there's two types of still suits. There's uh there's the Fremen still suits, and I think I can't exactly remember. I I might be wrong. Don't hate me out there, uh listeners, but I think it's the CH suits that are not necessarily as good as the <clears throat> Fremen suits. So if you want to if you really want to survive out in the desert, if you're need if you really need to take care of your and conserve your body's water, use a Fremen suit. Yeah, and then or you can use the other, the third one, which is uh, uh, that one is made by Elon Musk, and of course it's electric. <laughs> you just charge it, and uh, you know it's pretty good if you can afford it. It's expensive though; cameras all over it. Yeah, it's six million dollars. Uh, it does connect to mm-hmm, Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> Uh, I love everything that we see about the still suit stuff. I think it's kind of cool that as well that Leto or not Leto, uh, Kynes is able to see who's wearing 
the suit comfortably. So when Leto and Paul are approaching, he knows that Leto is like walking a little awkwardly. The suit is not really fitting him. You know what that means is that he has his butt tube uh, hooked up improperly. Because we know there's a butt tube. (laughs) Uh, Everything is recycling, right? There's a butt tube. So if he's walking a little weird and due to still suit not fitting or being on properly, (laughs) it's a butt tube. It's like my man. Which I we we uh, uh you didn't do the butt tube. Which we passed. We we missed it. But the title of this week's chapter is actually butt tube. <laughs> butt dune. <laughs> butt dune. <laughs> uh yeah. So he he notices that Leto Leto uh you know he doesn't have his butt tube in there uh properly. However, Paul has got his butt Secure. tube ready to go. He Fastened. knows how to work that butt. <laughs> Secure. <laughs> And he takes notice of this. He's like, "Yeah, that that is definitely how you. That's how you use I butt tube. You know, have that to interrupt. Are... But like, okay. <laughs> so the still suits recycle everything. So like, like we just said, and we established. So there does have yeah. to be some sort of butt tube or some sort of butt compartment. Maybe uh, something like a, that gathers things stuff like from the butt. Like, you know, catch, a butt it. catcher. And then so does everything get recycled? One hundred percent. Or does it spit out? 100%. So everything gets recycled. So then we can posit that through all constantly throughout Dune, people are just shitting themselves. Oh, it's just nonstop. In In fact, these are the suits. In any and every scene, there's a high potential that (laughs) our characters and our heroes. (laughs) That guy's taking a poop right now. Taking a poop. Taking a Duke Leto. (laughs) Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. That's that's the fresh perspective that we need. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, Paul is wearing wearing it, the the Fremen suit correctly. And he notices this and he he starts making comparisons to the the prophecy, the Fremen prophecy that Mm -hmm. we've heard so much about the Mahdi prophecy. And uh, we 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 hear him recite some lines from that prophecy. But all it comes down to is the fact that. Paul is consistently showing that he's fulfilling this prophecy. more and more, whether it's real or not. He's he's doing Every it. Day grows into it a little bit. He's more. doing a really good job. Yeah, uh, I think there's. Uh, he noticed that his boots are on right too. You, you fitted your boots in slip fashion. And the prophecy said, "Good job." That the hero would have well fit boots. <laughs> And that he would know how to tie his shoes. <laughs> Ties laces, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Oh, yeah. You're so good at it. Enough about still suits. I love still suits. But let's get into the meat and potatoes. So the, what is happening in this chapter is that Leto and Paul, like we've already said, they're going to go take a little tour at a, a spice mining operation. And spice mining is a very, very, very dangerous thing on Arrakis. We hear a lot about this. It's talked about quite a bit throughout the chapter. So what happens is, when they detect spice out in the desert, I can't remember. Do you remember how they detect spice? I think they see like a like a, a spice blow or something like that. Or are they able to detect spice blows in some sort of way? Yeah, I think they see a glow, blue glow. Maybe no, nah, not a glow. I think it's more like a like a, a dust plume. You know, like they it's starting to. Oh yeah, yeah. The spice is starting yeah. No, to you're right because at this point, this it's all dust. Something about that. I'm not. I'm not Cut entirely sure. I know there's somebody out there that probably knows it, uh, that knows it a little bit better than we do. But 
once they detect where the spice is, what they do is they drop a spice mining factory, a mobile factory on top of the spice blow or the spice deposit to gather as much as they fucking can before they just grab that factory back up and bail it out of there. Because every every single time that there's a spice blow or uh, a factory starts working, worms are going to come. And even Leto like asks like like every single time and Kynes is absolutely <laughs> yes. every single time. Every there's, single <laughs> there's, there's no time. way around. 100%. Worms love spice. I, I think it's really cool the the sort of like science fiction uh, world building that they're doing with explaining how this spice mining operation works. You know, you have to like drop down the facility. You have a bunch of other ornithopters, like their their own like helicopter type uh, contraptions, constantly floating around, just keeping an eye out for worm sign, just making sure that it's there. And as soon as they see a little, so bit what's of worm a worm sign? sign? Like grab the ground other... moving, like there's a worm under it. Or they throw up exactly. like worm gang signs, worm <laughs> signs. Um, Wu Tang. Okay, so so the worms are attracted to the spice. Yes, uh, I think Kinds makes uh, a mention to this that they almost protect the spice in a way, but he alludes to it in a way that I think it's Paul that re- that recognizes that Kinds is leaving something out of the conversation that they're having. And this is all happening while they're in their ornithopter. Uh, And also while Gurney is just playing guitar in the background. Yeah. He's playing, uh, bass, bass nectar. He's doing, (laughs) he's doing his thing back there. Yeah. And and I, I just, I love it. Everybody's still talking science and like politics. Leto and Kynes are having a pretty tense conversation about the, the changing of Harkonnen to Atreides. The fact that Kynes is not really trustworthy, of a tri- of Leto because of the propaganda and the other things that are going on, uh, which goes to sh- that which Kynes believes is like you're just another one, you're just another part of this process, and soon you'll be replaced with somebody else, and that person will be replaced. The thing that will be always constant is that Arrakis. It's kind of like uh, retail, wild, you, know? you know. They make you think you have worth, but then you know, <laughs> once you actually do gather yeah. up your own worth and leave, they just replace you. You don't matter. They just replace you immediately. Here's a yep. worm. You know, it don't fucking matter. Arrakis, the biggest retail store in the galaxy. Fifty percent off um, sand. I think it's worth mentioning here that they they're talking a little bit about the ecology of Dune, um, and how it's really interesting in the fact that they were talking about how if a person were to get stranded in the desert of Arrakis, what would happen? And what would they need to do to ensure that they get back safely? And Kynes is pretty much is like, yeah, you're you don't. Yeah. What you do is you eat sand. <laughs> yeah. There's no real. I don't know. What else are you going to do? Yeah. You, you start die somehow. eating sand. Drink poop. Make, yeah. Drink your poop. Eat your sand. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it all goes okay. Yes. Um, I think he mentions that like if you start seeing worms out there while you're walking, like find rocks. Uh, if you don't, then like if you're out in the open sand, like try to like guess where it's gonna like get up and catch you, and then dive out of the way. <laughs> yeah, whatever you gotta do. But playing chances, worm dive. Good luck, nah. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody makes it out of that game. Um, there's also he talks about how the uh, the sands are built and like structured in a way that there's certain sands called drum sands that if you walk on them, 
it'll create a vibration that will immediately attract a worm. And I think it's only like a few mm. minutes uh, before a worm is on your tail. And on top of that, there's like quicksand uh, out there in these like basins. So because it's it's an ancient planet and thousands and thousands of years of dust have been accumulating. So there's these uh, giant pockets of desert where actually the top layer uh, is all dust and it doesn't actually hold any weight. So if you step in it, you're just going straight down. Dang, son. And it's like, I think it's almost indis. Where do you fall to? It's almost indiscernible Worm, from Wormtropolis? I think Underground you- Worm City? Wormtropolis, baby. I think it's probably better if you get eaten by a worm in that situation than... I want to know where the worms are living. I want to know <laughs> what it's a day in the life of a worm. Because do they... Are they like yeah, yeah. ants or something? They- and they just have like tunnels underground and they just like there's a queen worm and they all like bring the queen worm sand or mm. spice, you know. Or do they have Wormtropolis down there and they all have little worm jobs? I, th- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Read the little worm newspaper. Yeah, they got worm transit. Which is just worms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good... I, I think, honestly, uh, I think worms are just kind of like their own their own animal. You know, there's no real kind of structure to them. I think it all kind of... Every animal has a structure. Like a social hierarchy? Every animal has a habitat and has a way of life. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm not quite sure. Um, if, I'm... Even if I do, I don't think I want to talk about it, but I'm not ex- exactly sure. So I'll, I'll leave it at I'm that. I'm not asking you for the answers. I'm, I'm asking Dune. I'm going to leave answers. it at Wormtropolis. And that's that's how this, Yes, please. Thank that's, you. That's how it's going to be. So while they're Thank you. watching the, uh, <clears throat> the shit go down, or while they're surveying and they finally see a spice blow uh, or like some sp- spice dust in the sky, they're like, okay, that's where our factory is. Let's go check that out. They go check it out, and uh, it's kind of cool. Spice Dust in the Sky is like uh, <laughs> my new indie rock band. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Check it out on Spotify. Um, so they so they check it out. They're like, this is pretty cool. Uh, and I think we get a little bit of conversation about Worm Sign. Um, however, they do get – they do detect some worm. They do detect some worms. In fact, it's Leto that detects some worms. And uh, they let out a little, like, uh, distress call. Not, like, a distress call, but, like, a notification for the other spotter ornithopters. That's they all it. do that. Yeah, all together. <laughs> um, they – what was I talking about? God damn it. Distress call. So, yeah, they call worms to each other. And uh, I think it's kind of cool that Gurney does this, like, great little PR tactic. And that's what they call it. Gurney's a great PR man that – there's a there is a bonus for the person who sees the sees the worm first. So there's kind of incentive to make sure that you're spotting worms. You're not just like falling falling asleep behind the wheel. Yeah, playing worm games. Playing worm it. games. Uh, they spot it. They they get the uh, bonus for it. However, Gurney says that it's okay to distribute the the bonus among the men that are are that are working on it. Just as a little PR tactic to earn the trust of the people there but this is where shit starts to go wrong they call out for the carry-all which is the ship that's supposed to take the spice mining uh spice mining facility and get the fuck out of there however it doesn't show up they'd have no idea where it is it's called a carry-all yeah you can carry all things yeah you got it 
<laughs> that's a great name. Oh, yeah. Frank Herbert doesn't fuck around. Uh, because of that, the worm is coming. It's only like a few minutes away. I think when they first spot it, it's only like 23, 20, maybe 26 minutes away. Something like that. Uh, so they have to like haul ass. Carryall's not coming. So Leto makes a split decision to rescue the people on the spice factory at the cost of losing all the spice. He thinks that it's more important to save the spice. Even people on the factory are like, are you crazy? Yeah, rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah, like there's way too much spice on here. And on top of that, you're Leto. You're the Duke. Like, what are you doing? I think we've talked about it already a couple of times, like the Duke's willingness to kind of get into these situations. And that might be part of his demise or why Jessica is afraid of the future and what she knows might happen. And this is like just another one of those examples that Leto is really able to do the right thing when it needs to be done at the cost of his own safety. What happens next is awesome. And I, have you watched the Dune trailer at all? Yeah, I've watched it like 10 times. Okay. So there's there's some scenes and uh, there's some like clips in the Dune trailer where you see a bunch of this stuff. Like you see the uh, finally when they grab everybody and they haul ass out of there, the worm shows up and it's giant. It's a big fucking maw and it just gobbles up that facility like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And in the Dune trailer, you can actually see that. And is that it, the big worm that pops up in the trailer? Not at the end of the trailer. The one that's like, it's in the middle part of the trailer somewhere, and it has Gurney, okay. like Josh Brolin and Timothy Chalamet hanging out of the back of the Ornithopter, watching it go down. That is not necessarily in the book. In for, in in the book, it just seems like they land, they get the people on the ship, and they fly off. But I think they're going to do some a little dramatization to make it a little bit more uh, tense. That's why Paul is hanging out the backside of the ornithopter watching the the uh, the f- facility get gobbled up. And in that image of seeing the worm gobble up the facility or the factory, it looks huge. Like, oh, yeah. absolutely monstrous. But it's still Much, not bigger than that other worm in the trailer. I think it is. I think it's like 10 it times is? bigger. Yeah, like okay. the worm at the end of that trailer, uh, the worm at the end of that trailer is, it's big, but when you compare it to Paul, it's not mm-hmm. really that big. And I was like, that looks like a baby worm to me. Like when I first and saw it. And then the other worm like, you, the other worm you can compare to the facility. Yeah, exactly. Which is obviously and much bigger than Paul. Exactly. So the fact that, that this worm can eat that facility, we've got definitely way bigger, way different huge differentiations in size for worms oh yeah worms come in all sizes again oh, yeah. and shapes question mark i don't know we'll find out wormtropolis I, everyone wormtropolis baby oh that's what we should name this podcast we can always change it yeah <laughs> um they finally get out of the area save the save the workers they lose all the spice uh kinds lets out a says a small prayer uh in serve like kind of worshiping the the worm which obviously goes to show that like kinds is definitely much more loyal to arrakis he's much more respectful of arrakis and its rules than any other outsider um what's also cool here 
is that while Paul's in the back hanging out with some of the other workers that are back there, two things happen. One, he notices two other workers back on the sand walking away. But from the way that they look and walk and dress, from whatever he could see, Paul was able to deduce that those are Fremen. Those aren't actually like regular C.H., uh, or not C.H., um, like city folk, worker type people. Those are like true Fremen. And they don't look nearly as panicked as uh, as like any of the other workers Everyone would be. Else, which, yeah. yeah, which shows that this is I not think, a day for them. Yeah, they know. I think they know how to get out of the desert. Um, and this is kind of like some information that Kynes is holding back. There are there are ways mm-hmm. to get out of the de- desert if you know the Fremen ways. But if you're not Fremen and you're not born into those skills and born in with that skill set or learn that skill set skill set uh you're not gonna make it but fremen they have a shot and they don't look panicked the second thing that happens is that he overhears somebody in the back seat or in the uh, compartment refer to kinds as liette and i think we've talked about it in a couple Mm. episodes ago that liette is this mystical figure that they don't know exactly sure who it is, but he's possibly ruling or kind of controlling the Fremen population. So it's Dr. Kynes. Could be Dr. Kynes. Probably. Probably. Not exactly sure, but knowing how like Frank Herbert writes. Yeah, it's looking that way. Knowing how Frank Herbert writes, he usually writes in a way that kind of gives away the spoiler like much before it actually happens. You know, like he's yeah, always talking it. about, th- he seeds it really early on and then he, and he slowly builds up to the reveal later, uh, which I think is kind of cool. It's a very unique way to write. Um, and the chapter wraps up with Kynes reflecting on the situation and thinking that he's actually earned some, the Atreides has earned some respect from Kynes and that, in fact, Kynes likes this Duke. I think that's the, the the exact line at the end of the, at the chapter. Yeah, when he doesn't like anyone in, in a leadership role, so. Yeah, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. I think it, just come, I think it comes down to, like, the fact that. It's friendships. Uh, the beginning friendship. of a beautiful friendship forming, you know? I know. Next that's year, they could be going on vacation together. They could be going anywhere, you know? Like, uh, we're going it, to go on vacation for sand. Uh yep. And we're going to go, and you know what else we're going to do? We're going to see some more sand. Maybe we yep. get, get that Wormtropolis, baby. And oh, that's yeah. where the chapter wraps up there, man. That's it. That's that is it. it. Um, what day of the week is this? This is Friday. End of the week. We won't be oh, back till Monday. Oh, Friday. All right. Everybody, hey, you know what it means when it's Friday. It means that the weekend is here. So this weekend, I want you to stay warm. I want you to stay toasty. Uh, I want you to think about Wormtropolis, and if you have <laughs> any interesting thoughts about worms, about sand, about dune, or of course, if you have any delicious recipes, you can always send them into us at chapter by chapter podcasts at gmail.com, and we will acknowledge you because you have acknowledged us. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. It's been another week, and we will see you next week on Monday for chapter, I don't remember. 16. 
for chapter 16 of Dune.